Welcome to another episode of Systematic Geekology. This is a space where we seek to create and cultivate healthy conversations between those things we geek out on and the philosophical and theological questions that often arise out of our fandoms. Like, what does it mean to be human? What makes a hero? What makes a villain? How do the stories and narratives we geek out on shape how we live in the world? We are your priests to the geeks. We aren't all ordained, but we see ourselves as mediators at the intersection of geek culture and going deeper in our faith. We don't always have to agree, but we do respect each other. And we see everyone as a beloved child of God. Everyone geeks out on something, so come geek out with us and enjoy the show. You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. Have you ever felt the need to continue or enhance the story of an intellectual property you love? We're going to find out on today when we talk about fan fiction for Systematic Ecology. We are the Priests of the Geeks. I'm your host, Christian Ashley, joined by, of course, the greatest co-host not named T.J. Blackwell in the land, Elizabeth <laughs> Pengling Clyde, the co-leader of the revolution against Joshua Knoll. How are you doing, Peng? I'm doing well. How are you doing, I am doing amazingly. I have, this is not my busy day for seminary. I got a lot done today. Got a good phone call done today with a friend. So I'm looking forward to it, but we are not alone. You've heard their voices before. One of them you should love more than the other, but that's okay <laughs> because we love them too. <laughs> I'm of course talking about my good friends, John and Barbara Early. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. Doing wonderful. Good to be here. It's great to hear your sarcastic voice. I know you miss it so much. You don't have me teasing you every day like we did back in college. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So with all that in mind, guys, um, in no particular order, what, what have you been geeking out on? So I've been watching this anime. It's called A Sign of Affection. And it's about this college girl who is deaf. And so she, of course, meets this boy who wants to enter into her world. Very cutesy, I know. And so through him, she's experienced all new things. And through her... He's learning all about her world, and it's just like the cutest little thing ever. That's interesting. So this one's different. Not really John's cup of tea, right? <laughs> I mean, it's it's so adorable. It makes you a little swoon. It's great. Where's the testosterone? <laughs> How about you? The testosterone. I mean, he's a manly man. He loves to travel. He's traveled the world. Where's I mean, the testosterone? Well, we've been um. So we finished season one of One Piece. So we've been going back and alternating animes with the kids so that they don't get bored. Really? Because, of course, One Piece is wow. like a thousand episodes. Yeah, so. super long. Um, we're currently watching season four of the old school Sailor Moon. So nice. Little one, Luna, it keeps blowing her mind that there's actually a character in the series named Luna. So whenever they're talking to or about <laughs> Luna, she's always like, huh? <laughs> what? <laughs> My name's Aiken. <laughs> one of them. Yeah. Excellent. That um that and the Pokemon cards. I'm still geeking over the Pokemon cards. So, yes. I'm glad to hear that's still going on. Now, as for me, uh, I have recently been listening to the Delta Flyers podcast, which is done by, uh, I, I think it's Robert McNeil and Garrett Wong, who played Tom Paris and Ensign Harry Kim on Star Trek Voyager. They're going mm -hmm. through every episode of Voyager ever. 
and you're discussing like the behind the scenes stuff that happened, what they remember from the episode, what they don't. Uh, and then I think uh, eventually they're going to Deep Space Nine. So I'm really looking forward to that as my favorite Star Trek series of all time. So that's what we've been geeking out on, guys. But as I mentioned earlier, we are discussing fan fiction, fanfics. I will probably flip flop between the two terms as we discuss it today. Uh, for those of you not in the know, fan fiction is essentially the idea of a fan writing a story about uh, intellectual property that they like, you know, Star Trek or Harry Potter or Lost or what have you. There's tons of media out there. So people naturally as fans write for it, uh, for their own twists on how things could happen. And your mileage may vary on how it actually ends up working. <laughs> but for us tonight, I believe most, if not all, have written fanfics. So what has everyone else written when it comes to fanfics, what's the uh, IP you wrote for and what did you, specifically did you write? Uh, let's start with John. See, I wrote uh, my first <laughs> fan fiction was a Harry Potter fan fiction because I didn't like the way book five ended. So I decided I was going to craft my own ending because um, I didn't want Sirius to die. So I had to uh, basically it started with the uh, explaining what the doorway was and it kind of went into a alternate realm instead of you know him just dying in the end so I don't think they actually explained that he physically died though. i know they never really said like he died but i mean it was you you assume it's kind of like jet you think he's dead you know jet and atla um, avatar last year but um you don't that's you still think one he's of the dead? great meta jokes they have in the ember islands players it's like did jet oh, yeah. just die it's not really clear but um <laughs> i can't wait for the live action that's gonna be awesome but um Okay. The other fan fiction I wrote was a Golden Compass fan fiction because, again, I didn't like the way it ended, so I wanted Lyra and Will to end up together. So I wrote a uh, follow-up to the third book where the two of them reunite. Shipping is a common reason why people write fanfics, and I'm sure – yeah, I see that face. Yeah, I know why. Some, one of us would have done that. But we'll get to you later. Uh, Barbara, how about you? Um, I've actually written very many fan fictions. Um, my first one, I think, was a Transformers fan fiction exploring the possibility of organics living on Cybertron. Um, so I had like a, a race of organics um, from Cybertron crash land on Earth and like their um, history and backstory on that. But most of my fan fictions are based on romance, but with the twist of original characters in it. So um, I like to explore the mechanics of what if there was a like another character or a new character and things and how would it pretty much throw the world off kilter. That general idea of introducing a new character is known as OC or yeah, original character for like someone who wants to see how that person would interact with that universe. I, I've done my own Harry Potter. Um, I did Percy Jackson in the Olympians. Um, the Forbidden Kingdom was one of them. Jackie Chan Jet Li movie. Mm -hmm. And then I think one of my more recent ones, I, I did do a One Piece fan fiction with Sanji and Zoro. Not shipping the two, but <laughs> <laughs> they were two of the main characters. No, no slash picking for no you? No slash picking, no. But yeah, I've done oh, quite a few of them. Um, and a Pokemon one, yes. I did do a Pokemon one with Ash. Very nice. Yes. All right, Pang, I know you're busting at the seams. So I, I have written a few. I'm more of a binge reader than a writer, but mm -hmm. uh, my first written one was, of course, Inuyasha, which has been my um, first love, first anime. He's literally tattooed on my arm, as he should mm -hmm. be. He will always be with me, even when I die. So, um, of course, but I 
And, you know, I loved Kagome with Inuyasha, but also I played around with Kagome with his brother, Shishomaru, just because, mm-hmm. you know, why not? Why not? Um, <laughs> why not? That's the whole reason why we write fan fiction, because I was very upset with Inuyasha at the time of Kikiho. Um, her name is Kikiyo, but I call it Kikiho in the anime. Um, just <laughs> yes, guys know. Kikiyo. Inuyasha mm-hmm. fans understand. And I think Naruto was a big one for me, too, because I was like, you know, early high mm-hmm. school, middle school. I wrote a few of that to make Sakura the bad bee that she is. And I'm trying to think what books. Maybe, I don't think I wrote Pokemon, but I've read Pokemon. I read a lot of One Piece. Mm-hmm. But there was a fairy tale, of course, favorite anime. That's my avatar. Lots of fairy tale. Okay. Another term you'll often hear when fanfics are introduced is canon defilement, which is what Pang is all about. Yes. When it comes to shipping, it's the whole point. It's you literally create your whole another ending, and that's part of the fun too. Is just making up scenarios like that. Uh, me, on the other hand, when I was a kid, I never like officially wrote these ideas down, but I had. Uh, an idea for like a several real adventures of Johnny Quest. I was huge into that and like writing new stories for what could happen for the Quest team. Uh, and then I had for Teen Titans when that came out as a cartoon. <laughs> I introduced my my OC mimic whose ability was guess what he could mimic any power, but only at fifty percent of its potential. So even then, I was able to nerf my Mary Sue, and we'll get to that term later on. Mm. Uh, but as far as what actually I wrote down, my first official one would have been a Star Wars fanfic where uh, it would happen in the midst of the New Jedi Order. Uh, it was a mission for all the, the younger Jedi to go to Korriban and stop the Sith from taking advantage of the Yuuzhan Vong War to take over the galaxy, uh, where I had my OC. And that name will come up a couple of times. His name was, and this is where, for those of you who do know me by NKSCF, it comes from Nathaniel Kenobi Solo, Clan Fett. So you can already imagine... <laughs> <laughs> as good as I think some of that ended up being, just how much of a Gary Stu he ended up being. He was the perfect Jedi. Everyone loved him, but he also flirted with the dark side, but it was okay because he used it well. Um, that, mm-hmm. As a younger writer, I needed a, lot, a better editor because no editor existed except for me, and I was well, a bad was editor. Well, it was called beta readers back in the day. Remember you had the oh, beta readers, and, yes. I had a couple of Yes, they were very helpful. But as far as what survives today, because I, I don't think that exists anymore out there in the ether, uh, I did do a now and then here and there fanfic where uh, as I was reading through fanfics, for those of you now and then here and there, it's basically a story of a guy who sees this mysterious blue-haired girl uh, who is holding this water pendant. She is from the future. He ends up coming to the future with her where the world, like water, is a scarcity. And now we have fighting over resources and stuff like that. And my idea was to create an OC um, in that universe who, because I saw a lot of fanfics where OCs were coming in and they were just Mary Sue's or Gary Sue's, my idea was what if I created one who made things worse instead of making things better? I really enjoyed doing that one. Next up was, of course, Breaking the Deal slash Repercussions, which was my Spider-Man fanfic and was my outcry against what happened in One More Day where he and Mary Jane sold their marriage to the Marvel analog to Satan Mephisto because they had to keep an old lady who should have died decades ago in the comics from dying in Aunt May. So that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed like actually making Peter a character again, which has not happened as often as it should has in the past 20 years since that happened. 
And my last one was another Star Wars. It was called The Chosen. That was basically this me trying to use lesser use characters and alien races and creating a vast story from like the huge canon of legends uh, that I never got around to finishing because eventually life got in the way. So that's what everyone has written. Does anyone have a favorite fanfic written by someone else? And I wrote that question to me. Yeah, I was like, so I've I wouldn't choose so me. many of them. Like, I I mean, there's a couple I've reread, but I wouldn't say any favorite sticks out to me. Was it okay? In that case, was there a favorite fandom you would normally read fanfic from? Yes, yeah, surprisingly, I guess Naruto was always the biggest fandom I would go into just because I'm literally okay with Sakura ending up with anyone except hmm. Naruto. I know, poor guy. But I'm like, even Sakura and Shino, I like, I wrote a fanfic about that. I love wow. that. Thirsty. Chino. You know. yep. Yeah. Chino is like. I, I love him. He did not get enough credit. But yeah. Barbara, how about you? Um. Okay. I mean, there's ahead, a few a few particular ones that I favor over the others. Um, the Lord of the Rings is one because that one act that inspired quite a few themes in my own books, and I like to see how um, fans have recreated or delved into Tolkien's world and kind of made things their own. Um, it, it's really interesting to see, like, especially if I'm having like writer's block kind of, and then I'm like, you know, looking at different ideas that other people have done. Um, I don't ever take any of their ideas, but I'm kind of like, that's, that's intriguing. I mean, makes me think a little bit, but uh, one piece, I'm actually currently reading a one piece fanfic right now. And um, the last one I read was a star Wars one. But yeah, most of the ones that I read um, all do include OCs. So I'm a big OC person. You haven't John, really how about you? read anything in a while, have you? My Little Pony. Well, really? You'd, you'd have to, you'd have to, well, he'd have to know how to read first. <laughs> I'm a writer, not a reader. When is this, no. though? Have you been reading fan Friendship. fiction at work? Friendship, to Barbara. <laughs> when I was, you used to be on Night Shift all the time. I used to keep oh, myself well, busy. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. But, um, <laughs> My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic fan fiction. It's all oh, yeah. coming out now. That, still there was back in the <laughs> it's day. coming out. Yeah, Joshua and I did an episode on a couple of episodes on MLP not too long ago. That was a ton of fun. Anything else, John? That's the only thing I read recently. You're diehard, Brony, huh? I'm pretty, pretty <laughs> diehard, especially when it comes to like the uh, Luna. Well, he did make me uh, name Luna Celestia after Arc. Luna. So we named our daughter Luna <laughs> yes. after Princess Luna. It just was coincidentally Luna from Sailor Moon too. It worked. It worked worked out in the end. She's a pretty cute kid. Uh, For me, it was as far as favorite fanfic ever written. I was when I was writing this question down, I was like, there's surely something I did back in the day because it's been so long since I've read a lot. Like, yeah, I really loved every time this updated. I just had to read it. And I realized there wasn't such a thing, at least that I could remember. So most of my favorites that I can remember are actually like parody fix or troll fix. Uh, parody fix being like taking mm-hmm. a central idea, like this is how the universe works, but I'm going to change that for the sake of this fanfic. Or a troll fic being written by someone who is writing bad on purpose to make it look because another thing that was rampant in the fan fiction you know, fandom was – People who shouldn't have been writing were writing. They didn't know how to construct sentences or what mm-hmm. character depth was about. So these nonsensical things would happen. And my favorite one out of all of that, we'll get to the worst ones for our bonus question later on, which everyone for Patreon and Captivate can get to. Uh, just a little hint there, a little spice for you. Uh, my favorite is Light and Dark, The Adventures of Dark Yagami, which was 
Uh, I'm hoping a troll fic because if this person actually is legitimate in what they believe, they're insane. It's basically it's a Death Note fanfic where Light has always had a brother named Dark, and he becomes the main character. And uh, there are such things as blood bananas. You know, the Queen of England gets involved. L shouts about how he needs to use stealth and then starts screeching like a madman going through a window at one point in time. It's the definition of canon defilement, but it's so much fun just to see how worse it got along the way. And I'm fairly certain it is written by someone who is purposely writing a troll fic because sometimes you could just tell. But yeah, uh, fandoms on the other hand, normally I, I do remember I was big into Star Wars fanfics, but I was always upset because normally it would end up being someone who shipped Obi-Wan and Anakin together. And I was like, why would you ever do that? Why do you I mean, hate yourself? Not, I guess. Um, or they would just take bad premises and work on that. And very little people were writing in the Legends continuity. Um, and this was before Disney bought Star Wars at that point in time. Mm -hmm. Other than that, uh, Marvel stuff I was always big on. Avatar: The Last Airbender. I was. I, I do remember a good one. Yeah. It was about. I think it might actually be called Avatar: Karuk. That was like basically taking that small story that we got from Avatar: The Last Airbender and actually giving Karuk a backstory and stuff like that. I enjoyed that yeah. one a lot back in the day. So there's a positive one outside of the troll and parody fix. And then let's see. I think that's about it. But all four of us have established we do write fanfics. Why? Why not? <laughs> because, I mean, well, one of the reasons why I read it so much <laughs> is a lot of the times I don't want the anime to end. Or like I've read so mm -hmm. many Spirited Away fanfics because oh like, yeah, it's like what what was going to happen? Do they meet again? Right. We'll never know. But fanfic kind of helps, you know, give you closure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Barbara. Well, I mean, like I said, writing fanfictions. And using OCs definitely broadens, you know, the story for me a lot. Because then um, if I insert my own character into the story, then it opens up a whole realm of new possibilities, which then I can explore. And I've actually used a couple of themes that I've come up with in my fan fictions to use for my original stories. I mean, cutting out all of the, the canon stuff. I've used themes and characters that I've made OCs um, and loosely inspired some of my characters from um, uh, my dragon series on those. So it's, it helps me kind of practice for what works and what doesn't work for my original series. So that's, that's what I like writing about. Um, I think um, really, I think dissatisfaction and the idea that you could do it better is a <laughs> challenge is, is a big driver especially for like star wars because i mean a lot of people yeah. who hate on the uh newest trilogy or some of the newer newer stuff i mean you see how many fan edits that they've made of some of the more recent stuff like kenobi and you realize sometimes the fans actually do make better better edits or better products than what seems to get put out by the officials or even video games like pal world which is kind of like a fan fiction ish i mean it's very controversial now <laughs> It's it's like the idea. I really yes. want to play it, but at the same time, it's this big thing over whatnot right off. now. <laughs> it's so it's like the Wish dot com version of Pokemon, but it's so funny. I think Nintendo yes. is trying to take them down now. So, <laughs> uh, as far as the N Nintendo is concerned, for as we anywhere, it's basically Pokemon and Minecraft, and a little bit of uh, Arc Survival. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, no, goodness gracious, Fortnite 
in yeah, there. Yeah, so it's like, I'm um, curious to play it, but at the same time, I can see why Nintendo's a little miffed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they I actually did send a cease and desist to someone who was making a Pokemon mod, which changed the in-game pals, mm-hmm. I think they're called, into actual the designs of Pokemon. That's what they sent a cease and desist to. Yeah. That was a fan-made thing. Not a not the developer. Yeah. Um, but as far as like, why did I ever write fanfic? Well, John's right. I can do better. Was always my <laughs> point of view. That's how I got into writing, anyways. For writing my own books, I read the stand. It's like, man, I love this book, but I can do better. Uh, those books have not been published because they're in fact not better. They need a lot of work done before I ever let another human see them. Besides John, uh, who was actually a good editor for the most part. Yeah, you, for the most part, he right-clicked reject all edits on my uh, when I edited his book. No. <laughs> yeah, I say like most of the time, John and I have agreed like, yeah, these things need to change. But like me, it's for uh, like I mentioned earlier with the now and then here and there. Like it's a easy fandom, but very few people are aware of it. I think John and I might be the only people in here who've watched it, unless you've shared that with Barbara behind my back. I don't think you know, you like can. a trader. So. Yeah, I don't know where you can stream it. I have to buy it. That'll have to be like okay. added to our um, anime horde of what we need to watch in the next year. Hello, friends. If you enjoy Systematic Ecology, a great way to support us and to keep us moving forward into the future is to be a patron on our Patreon network. If you're a Patreon, then you get live access to our YouTube exclusives like comic book ketchup and manga mustard, drinks with Tejas, and also uh, some extra content there with our companion series to go along with our annual theme. If you're a patron, you get exclusive merch like t-shirts and handbags and mugs. There's also a bonus extra question that has extra content. In each episode, we go deeper into our faith and the questions that we're wrestling with, but we also do this extra question uh, to jump in and to share about, and and uh, patrons get to hear how we answer that question. There's discounts on our store. You get access to any future online D&D campaigns. You can easily access all of our Patreon content through our Spotify page, where it says exclusive content for subscribers. That could be you folks. And all that being said, you get the satisfaction that you help us uh, keep the lights on and keep us moving forward with our software, our marketing, our equipment, staying current in the podcast game. Uh, we love Systematic Ecology. We hope you do too. Support us moving forward. Thank you for all that you are. We know there's a lot of great choices and content out there, and you choose to listen to Systematic Ecology. Thanks, folks. We love you. Peace. But like I said, it was the general idea, like in a lot of fanfics out there, you see a character who is an original or uh, character created by the author who inserts himself into the story, sometimes ends up becoming a Mary Sue, Gary Stu, and ruins everything along the way, making other characters make decisions they would never do. And I was sick and tired of it. It's like, you can't, how can you get a good idea like that and then not make it work? So I decided to bring the idea of what if... I made my own character. They do something that affects the story, but it's in a negative way, and they have to deal with the repercussions of that. They, I mean, essentially, he introduces tasers back into the world that has lost that technology. And now, instead of lethally killing a bunch of people, they can non-lethally take them down. This uh, opposing slave uh, army that owns a lot of slaves can now ha- add more people to their number that otherwise would have died. And he's responsible for that. What can he do? Then with, of course, breaking the deal, which actually got finished, repercussions unfortunately didn't, uh, once again, because of time. 
and just not having any of it was that idea of in Marvel canon, there is an event that is so egregiously stupid and out of character for Peter Parker and Mary Jane Watson to sell their marriage because the Marvel editors don't like the fact that he was married because they can't relate to him. And I guess they must take their wives as well that they did that. Like I could not take that as a fan lying down. So I wrote my own version. And for quite a time, it was actually popular. I actually, the other day, got uh, an email from finfiction.net, which I haven't logged into in years, that uh, someone had favorited my story. And that, not going to lie, that made me feel pretty dang good. <laughs> I haven't checked on my stories in a long time. I left them up, like, half-written. But I think I changed my email account, so even if I went back to look at them, I'm scared to see what I'll see. Yeah. And in general, like going back, like I was never a perfect writer. I'm not going to pretend I was like I was just earlier today revising a story that's already been published because I noticed I had missed a word in a sentence. And, you know, <laughs> one? we just didn't notice it. Uh, I was doing uh, Lost Time. Lost Time. And I, yeah, I, I'd forgotten to put an an in a sentence. So it made the sentence sound stupid without it. It's like, oh, gosh, that's published. That's out there. But you know what? You're human. You only get so much done. That's what happened miss- with the Crimson. Yeah, yeah, I think I misspelled Ren's name or something. Yeah, I've got... I've <laughs> I'm got, just like, oh, no. I found one sentence in Falcon's Fall 2. I'm just like, ugh. Who edited this? You did. <laughs> Actually, Christian did, I think. Oh, did you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you edited we mine. You didn't catch off. his memes. <laughs> misspelled. And that's the thing. We're human. We make mistakes. Like, yeah. as much as we try and fix things, as much as we try to put our own spin on things, that we're fallible. That's what writers do. Uh, but anyone else have want to add why they read? Excuse me, why they write before we go on to read? I feel sorry for some of the, like the lesser light characters. I want to make them seem better in a better light. It's one of my Harry Potter fanfics was um, Snape. Yes, it was Snape. <laughs> but it was like this um, yes. a very very long series where I went through like my main character was an OC. She went through like, I think it was like the first five years of her schooling or something under Snape as a student. But then something happened. I can't remember what it was. Something happened that sent her back in time. And then she was in the Marauders era, but she was in the body of an 11 year old. She had to start school all over again. So then she grew up with Snape was taken in by Lily Evans. And it was like, you know, grew up and befriended Snape. And then she never got sent back to the future, but it was like, it was interesting. Uh, it was one of my more favorite fan fictions, but I think I lost it. So I'm going to have to rewrite it with the same um, concept. But yeah. And what Barbara was talking about there was the, the concept of a Peggy Sue, which is a character who somehow ends up back in time in their own mm-hmm. body or like with their memories of what happened and now mm-hmm. decides to change the future. Sometimes actually being written well, most of the time in fan fiction, not. Most D- of the yeah. time, yes. Days of Future Past. <laughs> that's a really good one example of how to actually could work and done really well. But the, the chosen that I did for star Wars was my idea of like the lesser known characters, Barbara, you brought up these mm-hmm. were, and also one of them was a Mary Sue from, from anyone who has ever read the, the Jedi Prince books uh, for star Wars with Ken, the, the titular Jedi Prince, it becomes best friends with Luke and serves under him as an apprentice and meets Leia and Han and everyone else. And they fight, uh, whalers on Mon Calamari and they search for the glove of Darth Vader. He is the kind of the definition of a Mary Sue. So one of my goals was to turn him into someone people would actually like and would fit within the canon as well as introduce a bunch of other people who had smaller bit roles. And some of them, like there was like one sentence on Wikipedia 
And I decided to give them a backstory and characterization. So I really enjoyed that. But once again, unfortunately, I wasn't able to finish it. Was that the Triclop series? Yes. So I thought. All right. So, Peng, you kind of brought up a little bit about why do you read fan fiction? Like, but everyone else, and Peng, anything else you want to add to this conversation? Why do we read fan fiction? Because our little hearts need this one more. That's why. <laughs> Your little shipper heart needs more. My little shipper heart just needs more. Maybe it's a weird thing. Yeah. No, I, I agree with uh, like uh, the Spirited Away one because um, I just wanted didn't want the story to end there because no, it's like bittersweet. House Moving Castle. I'm like, I need to know what, you know, I get it. Sophie and Hal, they love each other. I even went and I read the book. How's, yeah, yeah, I read the book, so. House Moving Castle. Also, it didn't go further than what the movie did. It's very uh, no. So that's why we have to go to fan fiction to help heal our hearts and to know mm-hmm. what happens. Go ahead, John. Uh, I'm just trying to think of... Uh, one of some of the other there's some other animes where they or ended mostly Ghibli films because they they end like My Neighbor Totoro but they actually did get like a little short movie spinoff but um you just fall in love with being in the world so much they end on cliffhangers you mean and yeah they end on cliffhangers but you just love being in that world you are you know mesmerized by just how creative and the music is wonderful and I mean like Nausicaa is another good one and I mean just that's also it's so sad. Whenever a manga gets discontinued, an anime doesn't have a second mm-hmm. season. Like, mm. closure. Like Wolf's Reign, where, especially the manga, where it always it ends right before, you know, they get their real comeuppets or whatever. You want to make you want to see the, You want to see it. Yeah. I, I, excellent reasons, everyone. Because, like, you want, as you experience media and an intellectual property, and you go, that's where they choose to end it, or... There really wasn't enough interest for them to bring a season two or season three to actually finish this off or the manga got cut off or, you know, the writer died or they George R. R. Martin themselves and are doing nothing. So now I have to figure <laughs> out on my own what happens in Game of Thrones oh, uh, versus Lord. someone who's had over a decade to get stuff done. You know, so you want like, well, what would someone else? How would they interpret, given the world that we have, how things could go? And that's why I love reading fan theories about how, you know, Roose Bolton is actually a vampire or, you know, this, uh, goodness gracious, uh, I can't remember his name. We'll just say whatever. It's like, what happens there? And if those things are real, if the things fans are speculating about happen, you know, if a story is never going to get an ending that we want, we'll see what someone else has done. So I've read um, a lot of, actually, not too long ago, I read some Star Wars fan fiction in the new canons, be like, hey, Here's how things could improve, you know, under if you actually have a team of writers and you actually spend your time developing things and you have mm-hmm. interesting ideas to actually have, you know, great execution for characterization versus what we got. You know, I enjoy seeing that because that's what I wanted from those films. I wanted to see I wanted to see Ray, you know, become a Jedi in her own without just being this ultra powerful because she just get things. She's just the bestest and we should all love Ray. And then Finn gets sidelined after having a good motivation, becoming a stormtrooper. And Poe gets sidelined despite having, you know, a good hotshot mm-hmm. rebel pilot, so on and so forth. Like, well, why can't I see someone else do it better? Well, that's what fan fiction is for. And I think, well, we kind of also answered the next question, too, but I'll bring it up anyways. Unless anyone else has one thing that I want to add. No, good. Okay. So, yeah. So what is it about the IPs in particular that we engage in fanfic-wise to make us want more from them? Like, we kind of brought up, like, what scenarios that could happen. It's like, is there anything else you want to add there? I think it's like, we enjoy it. We enjoy it so much, especially if we uh, really resonate with an, with an IP like star Wars, you know, 
it's such a it's such a big universe and we love playing with lightsabers and the video games and and it's, it's such a fun place to be at that you just want to spend more time there and if you're unsatisfied you just you feel like it needs to be done differently Oh, I mean, it's the same with Lord of the Rings for me. Like, the world is just so expansive. And Tolkien didn't even get to publish, like, half of his works. His grandson had to uh, edit and posthumously publish some stuff. So it's like, what else can be waiting in the world? So it's, you know, that's why I always, I, I like to read something when I'm definitely having a writer's block. or I, I, That's the one fandom I always seem to come back to. Where it's like, no matter, you know where I am in life. It's just like, it's comforting in a way where it's like, it's either that or even like just playing the music. Like, uh, the, even when we had Luna in literally the, the, af, was it po- the post- afterbirth room, the I wasn't going to call it the afterbirth room It's the recovery room, oh, mother baby room, <laughs> the afterbirth room. <laughs> we were playing, um, Shire music and she settled right down with that. So it was like just the magic of it. I mean, she is, her middle name is Calabrian. So, we we came to uh, an agreement, so best of both worlds, I guess. So it's like it's for some people like that same magic exists in other IPs. So it's like you know comforting, almost. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you read just like you would read any books. It's a nice distraction of the mundane world that you live in. It's a mm-hmm. nice, like you know, you have a hard day, you can literally disconnect and give your mind a break and enjoy mm-hmm. the world that you enjoy. I mean, what middle schooler doesn't want to freaking be a ninja and right. have a love life at the same time? Like, I can have everything in fanfiction. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I was in like the fifth grade when I was reading Harry Potter. So it's like, who? what kid doesn't want to be a witch or a wizard? So it's... Yeah, it, you just, you feel like you are more in that world because when you watch a movie, it's easy to zone out and just kind of like stare at the screen. But when you're reading it, it's kind of like absorbing into your mind. It stimulates your mind more, yeah. Yeah, you're like more transported. Like you feel more in there when you read Mm -hmm. versus just watching the movie and kind of glazing over. Yeah, I I completely and utterly agree. There's something about escaping away into that world initially that brings a lot of joy, but then, well, that's all that remains of that world. That's the only thing that exists in physical media. What else? Oh, someone else liked this enough to write about it? Well, let's see what they have to say. And as is often the case in fan fiction, your mileage may vary and chances <laughs> are it's not going to be good. But for those gems that you do find, it's well worth the experience because you see, oh, mm-hmm. I never would have thought about that. Mm-hmm. Y- you made this whole twist to how magic works or you've made a fun way for this character to interact with a character that never met in the canon. Like, I am very happy to see that. Or there's a scenario for me as someone who I've said this several times before on the show, I despise ambiguity. If you leave an ending where it could be interpreted multiple ways, I want the ending to where it is interpreted one way as the (laughs) author intended. Well, if that author isn't going to get off their butt and actually write that ending, then a fanfic writer can come in and say, this is how I think things should have gone. And you can disagree Mm -hmm. with them or you can like what they have to say. And that's a... What's really fun about all this is like seeing what someone else would think. This is what I would write if I was doing it. But what about someone who thinks way differently to me? Well said. Well, all right. So we've (laughs) mentioned a term a couple of times here, and I'm here to trigger a bunch of people with the choices I selected for this. So if you're ready for that, you've already heard one of the names. A common occurrence in the fandom is to have characters that are known as Mary Sue's or Gary Stu's. For those not in the know, 
if you're wondering what all this terminology is, uh, succinctly, like a Mary or Mary Sue or Gary Stu is a character written with no flaws or trivial flaws that really don't matter to the story. Like a certain character I'll mention just being clumsy. That's her one flaw. Uh, or just like they just pick up things so easily. They're the best at everything. They just get things better than everyone else because they're just better. Like that is a Mary Sue. They're just so perfect and wonderful that people just love them. Think Bella Swan from Twilight, Kirito from Sword Art Online, and pretty much almost every single light novel slash isekai protagonist in existence. Ask me. I pretty much watched them all because I'm trash, and I'm, I love watching that trash. <laughs> Sorry. And to finally make everyone angry, Ray from the films that shall not be named. I will take on that heat. Oh, We're going to have that debate on The Last Jedi a couple months from now. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that discussion because there are some people here who really love it, and there are people like me who are the exact opposite. And since I'm in charge of this episode, I can say all the slanderous things I want about it. So take that, Joshua. <laughs> so with all that in mind, is there any harm to having fanfics based around these character archetypes when actual published material does the same, that are actual – Mary Sue slash Gary's two characters in fiction that has been published and read and sold millions worth of dollars. Yeah. General, I probably also should have said this. The name Mary Sue originates from a Star Trek fan fiction where there's a character named Mary Sue and she's just perfect and the best and everyone in the Enterprise loves her. So the fan fiction kind of got the idea is a lot of people would write power fantasies or creating a character who's just the best at everything and is so good looking, gets all the girls or all the men, depending on who's writing. So there's like, like no and, tragic backstory, like Sasuke and his own family getting murdered. It's just all perfect. Or, or they'll have a tragic backstory, but they'll use that just to be edgy and cool than actually, you know, confronting the demons of the past or like having an actual character arc or something like that. It's just written to be like appealing normally in some situations to a younger female audience in that mm -hmm. regard. Like, like is no there any having, yeah. yeah. I mean, is, you, yeah, is right, what you want to write. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because it's fiction, write what you want to write. The perfect person doesn't exist, but if you want to create it, try it. I'm sure we'll find a typo anyway. <laughs> John or Barbara? Um, you go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm just saying there are some stories I've read where the writer is like a new writer. Like they haven't written fan fiction or even stories at all before. And they absolutely have no idea that the character they're writing is considered a Mary Sue. And then after a few chapters in, they realize it. And then they, they write this long author's note going, oh my gosh, you guys, I am so sorry. I had no idea. Then either they cut off the story completely the, or they continue on and they actually include some flaws like in the development and character growth and stuff like that and become a better writer because of it. Or they just, they I mean, they do add in an author's note and then they just go with the flow now knowing what a Mary Sue is and then rolling with it. So there's, I mean, there's a few different scenarios surrounding Mary Sue's and Gary Stu's. And honestly, I, I don't know if I've really consciously ever had one in my own fan fictions i feel like a lot of my characters were all like emo and moody and broody and stuff like that but i don't think i've really had like a chipper perfecty angel character before i think i was always after the whole emo scene so check like bad boys i had a whole thing in my like high school years where i went after like hot asian guys and as you see like John is not hot <laughs> Asian not guy. Hot Asian guy. <laughs> He's not hot or He's Asian. Not Asian. Settled. I, yeah, apparently <laughs> I did. No, I grew out of that. 
okay. <laughs> I did. I grew out of it. Yeah. Um, I like she said before, you know, let people write what they want to write mm. because, you know, if they're not going to, they're going to gain an audience. They, you know, they're still expressing themselves and engaging with an IP in their own way. Um, I know some people like to just throw smut or ship things, but mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's their own thing. And I'm not, I'm not going to read it, but you know, that's, that's what they want to do. That's what they want to do. I'm not going to stop them from expressing themselves or, um, I'm sure there's a niche market for that, but, mm-hmm. um, I like the being able to have the freedom of, you know, having your characters or OCs interact with other characters. And that can, that can be a lot of fun and really freeing for some people, you know, to be, be able to interact you can't wouldn't be able to otherwise i agree with my co-hosts here this is one of those things it's for the most part it's harmless like it's someone normally someone who's writing for the first time Mm -hmm. learning how things work learning how to make an actual character versus someone who's the most powerful person ever who could beat goku in one punch and therefore become you know the greatest dragon ball character of all time or what have you like as someone who has written a gary stew I needed to learn that to develop my own writing and go, okay, this is not as interesting as I think it is simply because my OC is greater and better than everyone else. That does not an interesting character make. So I then took the basic idea from that. Once again, Nathaniel Canovi Solo Clan Fett, that's where I took my name in KSCF, kind of as uh, a reminder to me that no matter how good of a writer I became as time went on, I would always be the idiot teenager who wrote Nathaniel Kenobi solo clan fet. And I have since taken that. And one of my main characters of my books is Nathaniel David Parker, who has some of those archetypes that started mm-hmm. in these earlier fanfics, but has since branched off to become an actual character who is just as capable of being flawed as anyone else. Mm-hmm. I really hope so. Unless John has been lying to me this entire time and enjoying the actual character as he edits these books. But hey, I've read some of the books. Without, I enjoy your character. Thank you, Barbara. Uh, this is why I called everyone together for this episode, just so they could say, good, you're a really good writer, Christian. I like but, it. You're better than John. But, but yeah, Excellent. <laughs> But, but seriously, though, without what I started with, fanfic writing-wise, without learning this is what works, this is what doesn't, I wouldn't be the writer that I am today. So it's not a stain on my record that Nathaniel Kenobi Solo Clan Fed exists because that shows where I was versus where I am now. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate that. I'm glad I'm not the same writer I was when I was 15, 16 years old. Right. That was my first foray into writing also. My first first writing story that I did was a uh, Spy Kids fan fiction and with two OCs. So, Ooh. yeah. Ooh. Ooh, two whole OCs. But <laughs> I had that much brain power at that time. Two cells. <laughs> that's, that's fire. I got all cylinders. No, no, it was fun. And I developed my, you know, learning how to describe environments and learning how to carry on a story and come up with plots and you know instead of just mm-hmm. winging it from day one which you remember i used to just you still start on page sometimes. one and just kind of just go all over the place until the story ends now i actually have you know develop develop a plan i know where the plot's going to go i have characters i think about and all kinds of stuff no, so john has grown immensely as writer and not to say that i haven't either but from when we first met i was the one i had everything detailed outlined this is what's going to happen in this mm-hmm. chapter because this character said this and this chapter here and there's John's stream of consciousness just 
vomiting the words up on the screen and writing some good stuff. But you know, not say that that's wrong to do, but he has since become closer to me, which is what I prefer, and <laughs> has worked for, in his favor. Closer to perfection? Yeah, closer to perfection, of course. Let's get, there are plenty of writers out there. They don't need to outline everything. They can just, this is, I have a general idea, and we'll see what happens. And it works for them. Yeah. I mean, each person has their own writing technique, so. Okay. So with that in mind, everyone, what about you? Uh, is there any fan fiction out there you'd really like us to see? Like, show us on our Facebook group or head over to Discord and let us know there. Uh, we'd really like to know what it is. But as far as everything else is concerned, you guys have a recommendation for the audience. It doesn't have to be about fan fiction. could be just anything in general. Well, like before, a couple of weeks ago, I mean, I've been playing through a game we just got for our PlayStation 5 for Christmas. Tactically, we bought it for Jenna, but I've kind of taken it over. It's uh, Disney's Dreamlight Valley. Yeah. So I don't I don't even know how far through with it I am, but it's like the main quest and then all the different characters and their side quests. It's just really interesting, like a like an interesting world building dynamic to it. It's like children's dress up game meets RPG kind of in a way. I like the kind of games where you can change your outfits and stuff like that. It's not just one same outfit every day that you're playing. I've been playing Smash with the kids, Smash Ultimate on the Switch. That's been a nice. lot of fun. So far, it's my favorite um, Smash game because it also includes all the Nintendo 64 levels and all the other in the in the fun throwbacks and things like that. It's cool. Are you putting the fear of God in your children or are they beating you now? They're um, beating him. Tell you what. Is it? Jo- I think Joseph is. He's only five, but he is really good at these games, and it's making me mad. He, I mean, like other like autistic children, they usually have like their one thing that they're that they find comfort in, like their solace. Joseph's, I yeah. think, is definitely video games, and so he's able to take a video game, figure out the dynamics of it, solve puzzles, and go through like a game that usually takes an adult like a while to complete he might not be able to like completely figure out like a hundred percent of the dynamics of everything like but he's really good at playing video games and he's not five anymore he's gonna be six in two days days. yeah well happy birthday justice this will be after the fact but so happy birthday pang how about you So I did just rewatch my love story. I know, shocker, right? I'm the romance queen. Um, but this one's really cute. Um, I'm recommending it since we just talked about like the Sioux people. Um, but this girl, she falls in love not with the perfect top guy, but with the dorky, like who kind of looks like a monkey giant gorilla best friend. It's <laughs> so, cute. It's, it's so. This cute. is a pretty good one. Like oh, we, we watched it. I've watched the whole thing. Yeah, it's. I, just, I wish there were other seasons. I needed something just lighthearted because um, I was kind of being like a little emo kid. So I was like, okay, let's get out of this. <laughs> but it's so sweet. Just like two kids falling in love for the first time and like really loving each other. And it's it's just so sweet because he thought, because all the girls he's ever had a crush on always fell in love with the best friend. And so he fell in love with this girl and he just assumed she was trying to get with his best friend like all the other girls didn't help. She wanted that. So sweet. It is a very sweet. It's a sugary uh, diabetes field. Yeah, I think uh, you're theories, the but it is, it. it's it's good. Diabetes. No, yeah, yeah, no. I had to take an insulin shot just watching it. It sounds cute. It does. 
I'm into a lot of that stuff. Yeah. I have to drag John into watching a few things too. As far as my recommendation is concerned, I brought it up earlier, but now and then here and there, it's a solid 12, 13 episode anime. I mean, you could finish it in a day if you really had the time. Yeah. It's well worth it. I really do enjoy it a lot. Uh, but that's it. So let me go ahead and real quick shout out some of our patrons. Uh, thank you, James Barrett, Ethan Overcash, Austin Nance, and Amber Riley. Thank you for everything you do. We really do appreciate you guys deciding that we are worth your time and money. Uh, and we will be having a bonus question after this. Uh, so for everyone else, remember, we are all the chosen people, a geekdom of priests. Hello, friends. Are you enjoying what you're hearing from Systematic Ecology today in your earbuds or whether it's on YouTube or whether you're in traffic or whether you're at work? Well, there's another way that you can stay engaged with us at Systematic Ecology, and that's on our Instagram account. Yes, hop over to Instagram, follow. Uh, we'll follow back. We promise. Uh, we post lots of fun stuff over there, whether they're um, updates on new podcasts that are coming out or getting ready to come out or whether they're memes or we're sharing what other of our friends are up to out in the world. Sometimes we go live at events, whether we're at a Comic-Con or whether we are just hanging out with friends on the back porch grilling out. You can follow us there. We um, also have videos and reels like what's in Will's pull box from his local comic book store. He shares what he's reading and the world of comics. And then Christian is going to do some reviews of Spider-Man comics called Spidey Swing Buys. That's going to be fun. And then there's non-canon stuff. Non-canon? What? Yeah, Joshua's going to be reviewing one intellectual property from outside of the canon of his favorite fandoms or a piece of literature that's a part of the biblical extra canonical material. Man, that sounds like fun. But yeah, Instagram uh, is is one of my favorite uh, social media outlets and I uh, love to engage with friends and family over there. And so we hope that you can engage with us there. Hi, my name is TJ and I'm here to tell you about the Onazam Ministry Podcast Network. Uh, we have a bunch of shows on AMP. Uh, you can follow the entire network in a single feed on Spotify at Onazam Ministry Podcasts or on the network page on Apple Podcasts. Uh, some of the ones we're running right now are the homily, which is Pastor Will's homily messages from Holy Trinity Lutheran Church in Chapel Hill. Uh, we have the Whole Church Podcast, which uh, one of my favorites. Uh, it's where myself and Joshua, uh, we interview leaders from different denominations and backgrounds to work for a full church unity. Big C. Uh, we have My Seminary Life by Brandon Knight, former host on Systematic Ecology. He discusses his experience at seminary and discusses seminary topics so anyone can access the knowledge uh, which is kind of cool. It's like the book, uh, everything you learn in business school and then everything you don't learn at business school. That's uh, great. Uh, we have Let Nothing Move You by Christian Ashley. He goes through the Bible, uh, kind of like it's a Bible study to explain the biblical narrative through his perspective and what he's learned. Uh, Dummy for Theology, which is Joshua's show. Uh, he discusses various theological topics in an attempt to show every side of big discussions. The that leaves you with more questions than answers, which everyone loves a lot. Uh, it's kind of a continuation of a series that we did on Whole Church, but it's really good. It's really fun. Uh, we have the Bible After Hours, where the foul-mouthed preacher goes through the Bible from a progressive view to challenge the status quo of the modern church. I love that one. If you're from a more conservative uh, background, 
that one I find will probably be the most helpful for you. Definitely check that out. And we have the Clydes, Taylor and Elizabeth Clyde go through weekly discussions in a devotional conversational method uh, to help us get closer to one another and God. Uh, that's just a little review of what we do in AMP and all of our other shows. Uh, so check that out, get subscribed and just start getting all that free content, you know?